going to begin in Chapel Hill, where one man is in custody after a shooting at the Dunkin' Donuts on East Franklin Street Friday afternoon. Happened shortly before 3. Police say the incident was between two store employees. One victim was briefly hospitalized, and 23-year-old Wesley Higgins was arrested and charged with multiple felonies, including assault with a deadly weapon with intent to kill. His first court appearance is set for today. Also on Friday, emergency crews responded to an apartment fire in Carborough in the Berkshire 54 complex on NC 54. Happened around noon. Firefighters put out the blaze in about 10 minutes and nobody was injured, but two residents were displaced and about $75,000 in damage happened. The actual fire was contained to one unit, but several other units suffered smoke and water damage. Meanwhile, in Pittsburgh, officials say they're cautiously optimistic, direct quote there, after initial water testing showed extremely low levels of 1,4-dioxane in the Haw River following a chemical spill in Burlington. For now, the town is not pulling any water from the river as a precaution. Another round of tests is expected to come in today or tomorrow. Staying in Chatham County, a Bear Creek resident is facing multiple charges after the sheriff's office seized dozens of dogs from her property. Officials responded after a citizen reported distressing sounds coming from the residence. That's a direct quote, too. Forty-four dogs were seized in all, six of whom were dead. The surviving animals had health issues ranging from malnutrition to parasites. They're currently being treated by a vet, and 36-year-old Alicia Culberson faces 10 charges of animal cruelty. Turning now to state news, homelessness can be a significant issue in any city, ours no exception. Down the road in Greensboro, city officials are taking an inventive step to help unhoused residents. They've opened up the state's first safe parking site where people can stay in their cars for free without being required to move. Sierra Pfeiffer filed this story for Carolina Connection. For this single mother and her three school-aged children, Home is a 2007 Dodge minivan. I'm just homeless in the car. Just sleeping in the car with the kids. That's Waya. She goes by her ancestral Cherokee name. Waya and her kids have been sleeping in the van for about a month after they fled an abusive family situation in Fayetteville. Like many homeless people, they struggled to find a safe place to park where they wouldn't get harassed or shoot away. I was parking at like rest stops and I had this app where it showed me where I could park that was for free where they didn't really mind it like at Cracker Barrel or other places like that. It was kind of dangerous because nobody really know. Nobody really know, but it was dangerous. So Wyatt and her kids made their way here to what Greensboro is calling a safe parking site. It's a free downtown lot for people living in their cars. But unlike a rest stop, it has a security guard. And it's directly behind the interactive resource center where anyone can shower, do laundry, and even meet with a caseworker. I feel like it's more safe here. They have cameras here, and I can sit here all day if I need to, if I don't have anywhere to go. Waya's minivan was among about half a dozen cars parked here on a Thursday afternoon, with some people using tarps and clothing to cover their windows and block out the cold weather. This lot is the first of its kind in North Carolina, and only the second on the East Coast after Atlanta. But nationwide, there are now more than 50, mostly in California and Washington, according to the National Vehicle Residency Collective. 
The collective advocates for people living in their cars, and one of its founders is Graham Pruss. There's growing awareness, not only that this population exists, that their numbers appear to be increasing, but also that uh, there's really not a lot of uh, spaces for people who are living in vehicles in the existing systems. That's why the city of Greensboro spent about $180,000 last year to pilot the safe parking lot. Christina Singleton, who runs the Interactive Resource Center, said homelessness increased during the pandemic and it hasn't gone down. Folks are living in their cars. They don't have somewhere safe to go. They're getting woken up in the middle of the night and asked by police or security to move along. So for safe parking, we have a spot that's well lit with security, a place to use the bathroom and a shower and build that community so that folks can be together in one spot. The city opened up the lot about a year ago, and Singleton says it's had some successes. Larry Logan parked here for a month and said having a free place to live helped him save up for an apartment. I was here and I stayed in my car and I slept, and then I was able to save money and go get my own place. And so um, I'm back today to get my mail. Still, parking lots like this have not escaped criticism. Some Greensboro City Council members have opposed funding for what they call Band-Aid solutions for homelessness rather than finding more permanent fixes. And Waya, the mother living in her Dodge minivan, says while the parking lot is helpful, she needs more. It's hard on me to make it work for these kids when I have no resources, no help. So I just wish there was more help for mothers and kids. Singleton said the resource center is working on what she called permanent supportive housing. But in the meantime, she says this parking lot is a lifeline for vulnerable people who don't have any other options. In Greensboro, I'm Sierra Pfeiffer. For Carolina Connection, a student-produced radio newscast from the UNC Hussman School of Journalism and Media that airs Saturday mornings at 8.30 on 97.9 The Hill. Over to Raleigh now, a victory for Republican lawmakers last week as a federal judge declined to issue an injunction blocking part of the new state Senate district map ahead of the March 5th primary. Two black residents had challenged the map as an act of racial gerrymandering, but District Judge James Deaver said there wasn't enough evidence to justify an injunction and any action this close to the primary would cause too much voter confusion anyway. Attorneys for the plaintiffs say they'll appeal to a higher court. With that primary just around the corner, statewide candidates are already on the campaign trail. That includes Democratic gubernatorial candidate Josh Stein, who had a stop on UNC's campus last week. While there, a reporter asked him how he would differentiate himself from current Governor Roy Cooper. He had this to say. Well, I have great respect for Governor Cooper. As you know, Gary, I worked for him for eight years. I headed the Consumer Protection Division for him. And I think he's done a tremendous job as governor providing strong leadership in a very challenging political environment. Expanding Medicaid, we are growing the clean energy economy. Uh, he is expanding broadband across the state. So a lot of incredibly important things that the governor's been able to accomplish. But we are different people. We have different personalities. And I'm running my own campaign, and I'm running to be governor as Josh Stein. I want to, I want to focus on strengthening public schools. And I know the governor just declared this the year of public education. So he and I understand alike what's the most critical thing we do as a state, and that is preparing our young people to be successful in the future, and that starts with a strong public educational system. Uh, so that's gonna be my priority. I understand it's his as well, but that doesn't surprise me. He was attorney general for four terms. I've been attorney general now for two terms, and I've been my own attorney general. 
I feel like we've accomplished a great deal in the seven years I've served as Attorney General, and I want to fight for the people of North Carolina as their governor so that we have good schools, safe communities, a growing economy that works for everybody, and where their fundamental rights are respected. That's Josh Stein speaking there. You can get more on his visit to campus on our website, chapelboro.com, and head to Chapelboro for more local news as well, including a recap of last week's Chapel Hill Town Council meeting, where council members got an update on plans for a north-south bus rapid transit line from MLK Boulevard down to Southern Village. Construction on that line is set to begin in 2027 with an expected launch in 2029. You can visit Chapelboro also for details about this week's Forum on the Hill, 15 hour-long panels on topics ranging from the economy to the climate to the schools. 3 to 6 p.m. all week right here on 97.9 The Hill. It begins today with the trio of panels on housing. Time is 6:19. Time now for sports. Brought to you this hour by New Hope Church. Another win for Carolina men's basketball as the third-ranked Tar Heels moved to nine and zero in the ACC with a 75 to 68 win at Florida State. UNC trailed by five at the half and didn't pull away until the final minute when R.J. Davis hit a tough shot and followed up with two free throws a few seconds later. After the game, head coach Hubert Davis. You know, one of the things that you know we talk a lot about is living in the trenches, and I, you know, I tell them in the trenches. That's where the rebounds, the loose balls, the talking on defense, the box outs, coming to the ball when teams are pressing, uh, taking care of the basketball, uh, making open shots, executing on the offensive end, just the little things that mean so many big things, especially down the stretch. And so that's something from the start that we have talked about with this group, with this team. You know, we've been in those situations, you know, a lot this year. And we practice those situations as well. So there's, irregardless if it comes out in a win or a loss, we we feel prepared and confident in those situations to be able to do what we need to do in order to get a victory. That's Hubert Davis there. R.J. Davis ended with 24 points. Elliot Cadeau had 16 with six assists, and Harrison Ingram added another double-double, 13 points and 17 boards. Tar Heels back in action tomorrow night at 7, facing Georgia Tech in Atlanta. Of course, the Carolina Duke game is also coming up this weekend. ESPN's College Game Day will be in town for that 12th time they've been in Chapel Hill. Not as good a weekend for Carolina women basketball as the 20th ranked Tar Heels fell at Virginia 81 to 66 on Sunday. Renaya Kelly led the way with a career high 20 points. Not enough though as the Cavaliers pulled away in the fourth quarter for the upset. Head coach Courtney Banghart afterward. Yeah boy Virginia played great. They had a really great crowd. I see how people feel when they come to Carmichael. Um, you know we, we had a good first quarter there and then you know they made a ton of shots which put us back on our heels. Um, we missed a lot of easy shots. We fouled too much. I mean, we just didn't play well enough to beat a team that played really well today. That's Courtney Banghart there. UNC drops to 7-2 and two in conference play. They're back in action Thursday night at NC State. In tennis, the top-ranked Tar Heel women are through to the ITA National Indoor Championships after sweeping Oregon and Kentucky over the weekend. Nationals begin February 9th in Seattle. Carolina's going for their fifth straight title. The Tar Heel men will not be going to Nationals, though. They fell 4-3 to to Illinois on Saturday, though they did a rebound to beat Florida 4-2 to in a consolation match yesterday. Elsewhere in sports, UNC Wrestling lost to 12th-ranked Virginia Tech in their ACC opener, but bounced back to defeat 23rd-ranked Navy on Sunday. Women's gymnastics team lost narrowly to Clemson on Friday, though UNC's Isabel Schaefer took first on bars. The Carolina track and field team took first in three events at the Penn State National Open, 35 other teams competing there too. And the Tar Heel men's and women's swimming and diving teams both beat Duke on Friday in Durham.
And finally, in hockey, the Carolina Hurricanes got two goals in the final minute on Saturday to beat the Coyotes 3-1. to They've got this week off for the All-Star break before returning to action next Tuesday.